Welcome to the New City Fellowship West End Sermon Podcast. We hope and pray this message equips, empowers, and encourages you. And now, today's sermon. We're going to continue in our core values series today. The first week in core values, Pastor Steve covered sonship. Amen. Pastor Thurman taught us about the kingdom of God. And then Pastor Thurman came back last week and he led us in reconciliation. And I'm going to brag a little bit um, and say that Pastor Thurman also came to my house church to teach about reconciliation. Did he come to yours? I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, (laughs) And and so today I'm going to um, explore the core value of team ministry. Please join me in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 12 through 18. And before I get started, I would be remiss. I thought I had a definition of team ministry and it was great. (laughs) But for our purposes, oh, there it is. Ah, amen. Thank you. Thank you, uh, media team, making a brother look good up here. Appreciate y'all. All All right, so how we define team ministry is team ministry is our commitment to carry out God's vision in mission for our church together with everyone using their gifts for the good of the church and the word and the world in unity. Can y'all say that with me? Let's, let's say it on one, two, three. Team ministry is our commitment to carry out God's vision and mission for our church together with everyone using their gifts for the good of the church and the world and unity. And so, like I said, we'll be turning to chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 18 to see how God will teach us about team ministry. So please find that in your text, or you can follow it on the screen, on the screen or you can follow it in your bulletin. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? Let me read it. If the whole, verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing? where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? Verse 18, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he he chose. I want to label our time today, team ministry, one body, many parts. Team ministry, one body, many parts. Appreciate you. Let's pray. Lord, help me to preach 
your word how I see it, how I know it, and how I feel it, that you may be glorified. Let the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Let Anthony Johnson decrease and you increase, so your people and I may gaze upon your glory and be not only hearers of the word, but doers of your word to bless the nations. And all God's people said, amen. One of my favorite movies, coming up, at least it's one of the movies I remember coming up, was Drumline. All right, come on, I gotta, I gotta, gotta come on, y'all with me. <laughs> Drumline tells the story of Devin Miller, played by Nick Cannon, by the way, um, and Sean Taylor, and I'm just, I'm not going, I'm not going to lie, I don't know that actor's name, I just know that, you know how we do, like, that's the guy that was in Drumline, and that was also the guy in Stump the Yard, you know what I'm saying, that's how, you know, like, that's only, I don't know his real name, but his name in the, in the movie was Sean Taylor. So Devin Miles ends up going to this HBCU, he's a gifted drummer, and he goes down south, and he learns about how to be down south. That's where I'm from. And then one of the things they say about the band at the HBCU, the band is basically the football team. The football team is like band. People don't come to see the football team play. They come to see the band play. So the, the, the game is just there so the, foot, so the uh, band can play. Amen? <laughs> and so anyhow... Devin and Miles, I mean, Devin and Sean, they stay into it because Sean was the leader of the band and he was jealous and he was afraid that Devin was going to take his spot because Devin, Nick Cannon character, by the way, is just, he's cold with it. The, the brother was just talented. He didn't know how to read music and he could play like it was nobody's business. And so him and Sean got into it a lot. And then their band director gets onto them both. Orlando Jones. I knew their brother's name was Orlando. I didn't know his last name was Jones. <laughs> the band director, Miss uh, Dr. Lee, played by Orlando Jones, gets onto them both about being selfish. They basically they were both being selfish because Sean was jealous about a talented player coming in and Devin was being selfish because he just thought that he was, he was all that in the bag of chips and he didn't really need nobody, need to listen to nobody. Amen? And so, the, one of the poignant scenes that comes in the movie, one day, Sean is up there practicing, Devin walks in and he said, Hey man, basically I got some stuff that I wanted. He's up there practicing and they got a little computer. I'm not, I don't know how to play music, so I don't know what that little computer did, but, but Sean was at the computer doing something with the drum. And so Devin comes in and then they trade barbs to one another and, he, and basically it turns into a drum, a drum line battle between just them two. And so he said, and then Sean was like, why don't you come up here and scrap on that drum so you, I can beat you and I can let you know that I'm the best drummer here. Basically, I'm paraphrasing, by the way, because that's not the real lines. So Devin scraps on the drums, and then they go at it. And eventually, Devin wins the battle. And then he points the, uh, what's, what's the drumstick? Oh, it's called a drumstick. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> he, 
he points the drumstick at him and he said, say I'm the man, say I'm the man. And then you can tell looking in Sean's eyes, you know when you beat and you kind of don't want to say, hey, I've been beat. He was in his eyes, but he had to say, you right, Devin, you're the best. But go ahead and be the best without the line. When you're out on that field, nobody hears you. And everybody should know this line. One band, one sound. Brothers and sisters, like Devin and Sean and the Corinthians in Paul's day, we can let selfishness make us forget our individual gifts don't mean a, mean a thing if it ain't a part of a team. So what God wants us to learn today is that because God has given us different gifts and unity, we must remember we are one body with many parts. It sounded good to me, so I'm going to say it again. Because God has given us different gifts in unity, we must remember we are one body with many parts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause for a second. I actually have some handouts. If I could get a volunteer or two to like pass these out, it'll help, help follow along with me. I think I'm, I'm going to be pretty clear, but just in case, I'm, I want to make sure that you know where I'm going. So a question, how, how, how can we remember that we're one body with many parts? I got three points, and then I'm planning to be out of your way. We must remember we are one. We must remember we are many. And we must remember our gifts are God-ordained. I'll say it again as people are getting, getting a handout to keep up. Our three points today are we must remember we are one, we must remember we are many, and we must remember our gifts are God-ordained. Now that we know where we're headed, let us dive into our first point. Because God has given us different gifts in unity, we must remember we are one. Paul opens up our passage in verse 12, and he uses an analogy. Not even analogy. That's the wrong way. See, I, I didn't pay attention in English class. My fault. It's actually called a metaphor. <laughs> he used a metaphor that was actually common in the Greco-Roman world of using the body. I can't say the brother name that first came up many years. Oh, it's Aesop? Yeah. Oh, Aesop. It was a, it was a common, common thing to say, talk about the body as having many parts and all those parts need to work together for one purpose or for the common good. In the Greco-Roman world, that's, what they, that's how they would use to get that idea across. Now, Paul, being the gospel evangelist that he is, he borrows. He borrows that, that, that metaphor of us of the people of God being, being the body. And so how he sets it up is he uses the word one. He, he starts off by emphasizing, hey, guys, we're all one, okay? 
You with me, church? And so that's in verse, that's verse 12. So I'm going to help myself out. I need to get it for myself. For just as, this is verse 12, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. And I want to put before you, when he says so it is with Christ, he's talking about the people of God right here. Just the context clues right there means that that Christ right there means that he's talking about the people of God are one. So he wants the Corinthian church to know that we are one by using the metaphor of the body. And so Paul just don't stop at that metaphor. He continues, continues to emphasize to the people that, hey, everybody, we are one by saying that, hey, y'all have one spirit, one baptism, and you drink. And how he said it is, we were made to drink by one, in one spirit. Now, that's a divine passive because God did the making. And so basically what God says, I don't care what y'all talking about. Y'all can be as different as you want to be, but y'all going to be one. All right? Verse 13 says, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews are Greek, slaves are free, and we all were made to drink of one spirit. Let me help you out with an analogy. I went to school, and I remember in school they used to make us do relay races. I did not like the relay races because I felt like I always got stuck with bad teammates. I was never the problem. It was all the rest of them. <laughs> and the race that I detested the most was the three-legged race. I never seen a person that's like, you know what my jam is? The three-legged race. I just never met that person. If you met somebody like, like that, let me know. I would like to meet them because they need to disciple me. Hey, Faith, you need to disciple me. <laughs> but the th in the three-legged race, um, they tie two of your legs together. Usually it's one person's, I don't know why I say usually, but it makes sense to me. Usually it's one person's right leg and then the other person's left leg. Thus, your, your two legs become one leg and then you have a three-legged race. Now, the people in this three-legged race, they are still themselves. They still have their personality. But the rope or whatever they use to tie their legs together means that they are also one. So if they, if they blow the whistle and one person says, okay, you, if they start going, one person goes left, one person goes right, what's going to happen? They're going to fall on their face. <laughs> if one person decides, you know what, I ain't racing today. Two things only can end two ways. Either that person is going to get dragged or the team is going to fall on or the other person is going to fall in their face. In the same, just like that three-legged race, what the Apostle Paul is telling the church is we are, many, we are one body in many parts and what binds us together 
the rope that binds us together is the Holy Spirit. Saints, how does being one help us think through how we need each other? We are a multi-gifted, multi-socioeconomic, multi-generational, multi-ethnic, and multi-racial church in a predominantly African-American community. Do we actually believe we need each other's gifts? Do we need the gifts from our white brothers and sisters? And I'm not just talking about money, I'm talking about spiritual gifts. Do we need black people's gifts? Do we need Asian people's gifts? Do we need Latino people's gifts? Do we need rich people's gifts? Maybe we are talking about money with them. <laughs> Do we need those without economic privilege gifts? Do we need our young people? Do we need old people? Or look, I don't want to say old, oh, let me put it like this. Do we need more seasoned saints? Do we need women? Do we need people with gifts of hospitality and serving? Do we overlook those with gifts of administration, service, and hospitality? Do we need those gifts? I never saw my big mama lead anything in church. Only saw her caught the Holy Spirit one time in church. But I heard countless stories of how sending plates to people in times of heartache and pain help them through hard times. Do we need gifts like that in the church? Saints, what are the gifts we tend to leave out and we think that that gift isn't one with me? Where are we tempted to buy, where are, we, where are the places that we're tempted to buy into that lie? The Apostle Paul teaches us that the church is one. Now that we know that we are one, let's see what it means to be many. This brings us to our second point. Because God has given us different gifts in unity, we must remember we are many. Paul says it in verse 14. I'll just read it because he says it better than me. For the body does not just consist of one member, but of many. The church is one, but there are many different parts in many different gifts in the church. And what Paul is trying to get across to the people of God here is that those many gifts all have value. So he uses a couple of illustrations. One involves a foot talking. The other involves an ear talking. The foot came up in one day, decide, you know what? I'm not no hand. So you know what? I'm not a part of the body no more. The foot can't do that. The ear came up in one day, decide, you know what? 
tired of being an ear. I'm not an eye, so you know what? That means I'm not a part of this body no more. That's how I was translated. <laughs> That's funny, right? Each piece can't not be a part of the body. Paul is saying and getting across to the people of God with those illustrations that are a little bit absurd, right? That each of these things matter. Those are, that's in verses 15 and 16. And then Paul car carries the illustration further. And he says, I'll say it because I think he says it really well. In verse 17, he continues that line of argument. He's saying, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If everybody was eyes, it don't, it don't make no sense to see that you can cross the street but not hear when cars are coming. It's not going to end well. If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell come from? Eat, we are many. The, the, the people of God are many, but every gift is needed. And that's what Paul is getting across. The civil rights had a, many prominent figures. You had Martin Luther King, Megger Evers, Rosa Parks, and many other prominent figures. But the civil rights movement needed many parts. Does bus boycott was able to last as long as it did because you had people willing to get people places in their cars. They were able to go to Selma and march over the Edmund Pettus, Pettus Bridge because people provided shelter and food for people to be able to, to have a place to stay and people to be able to have to eat. Each one of those nameless faces people were a part of changing history. So even though those parts weren't celebrated, they were still necessary for God to use his people to actually change. The reason that we are sitting in this room here in a multi-everything church is because God used those nameless people through providing meals, providing rods, providing shelter to make it so laws could change so we could be sitting in this room today, today without, without anybody trying to hurt or harm us. Every gift, amen, praise God for that, praise God for that. In the same way, we need to allow our many different gifts to meet the mission of our time. Do you value the gifts that God has given to you? Do you value your gift of service? Do you value your gift of compassion? Do you value your gift of evangelism? Do you value your gift of administration? There are a lot of people that are visionaries that are not in jail now because people were administrative. 
and help them to follow the law. <laughs> or whose gifts do we covet? Are we mad because God didn't give us certain gifts? I mean, this is going to punch me in the gut right here. For preachers or expiring preachers, are we mad that God did not allow us to preach like our favorite preacher? Do we value the gift that God has given us? There's no small gifts in the, in the kingdom. Now that we know that we are many, we must remember our gifts are God-ordained. Because God has given us different gifts in unity, we must remember our gifts are God-ordained. Now, you may say, well, what is, what, how are you defining ordained? I'm defining ordained as something that is chosen in advance and given. Something chosen in advance and given. In verse 8, 18, what Paul tells us is our gifts are chosen in advance. Here it is in verse 18. But as it is, God arranged in members of the, the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. So each gift has been chosen and arranged. Each gift is God-ordained. So what God has given to you is for you, is not for someone else. Can't nobody do like you do with the gift that God has given you. Okay? And Paul was warning the Corinthian church to understand that the gifts that God has given each one of them was God-ordained. In every state, you need a driver's license to drive. You can try to drive with a driver's license without a driver's license, but it's not a good idea. Now, there are people with license that still don't know how to drive. Many of you know these people. Now, here's the funny part. Many of us in here will never admit that we are one of those people that don't know how to drive. There are people that don't have a license that actually do know how to drive. Now, don't be leaving here talking about Pastor Ann said it's okay to drive without your license. I didn't say that. I'm just stating a fact of how things work. Because it's actually more expensive to drive without a license and get a ticket than it is just to get your license. So don't, don't blame me for your foolishness, all right? But having a license says that you're authorized to drive in that state and you can drive freely in, you, in the United States. In a way, it's like saying that the, the uh, state and the government has ordained you to use this, the gift of driving in those bounds. What, in the same way, Paul wants the Corinthian church to know that their gifts have been God-ordained and they can freely use them in the church and in the world. That their gifts have been God-ordained and they can use them freely in the church and in the world. If I can make it personal, if you're like me, I can lose confidence about using the gifts that God has given me. I know it may not seem like it because I'm tall and I'm loud, but that can happen to me sometimes. 
And I think all of us struggle with that from time to time. So can you join me in something? Let us stop telling God all the reasons we can't use our gifts. In other words, do we perceive our lack of having something as a reason to do with us? I'm a father's a mother child. God is not going to do that with me. Or I'm X, so God can't Y. Now, I was good in math, so let me help you out. Any equation with God in it is full of potential. I know brothers that didn't have no, no master's degree, no nothing, that ended up being assistant managers at Home Depot. We have a brother in our midst right now that don't have a college degree, but because he, the spirit of God is on him, is sitting up there getting a master's degree today. So don't tell God what he can and cannot do with you. If you have God in the equation, your life and your gifts are full of potential. What God will do is he can take you where you're at as long as you're willing to be used by God and to use your gifts, whether it's serving. Serve like nobody's business. Serve like nobody else served before. And what God does is he gets in that equation and he takes your gifts and he begins to move things around you to put you in places to bless people. That's what God can do. So if you're like me, you struggle with confidence and boldness to use what God has given you, allow God to use you where you at when you, when you don't, even when you don't feel like you have the confidence. Here's why, because God is in the equation. Moses wasn't com comfortable about speaking to Pharaoh, but God used him to, de to, to deliver a nation. Gideon wasn't com confident about only going with only about 300 men, but God was in the equation and used him to overcome this thing. Joshua wasn't comfortable about taking up the mantle of Moses, but God sent his spirit and let him know that I am with you. Don't tell God what he cannot do with you, because when God is in the equation, your life, your hope, everything around you, everything that you touch is full of potential. You have God-ordained gifts. Amen. Saints, let us remember today, because God has given us gifts in unity, we must remember we are one body with many parts. We must remember we are one, we must remember we are many, and we must remember we got God-ordained gifts. But in order to remember that, we need power beyond ourselves, and we got that power. Listen to these words from 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4, 4 through 6. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in, in everyone. It's God's power, not our own. The power comes from God himself. Yet, how do we gain access to this power from God? God sends an ultimate gift to his people 2,000 years ago in a, little, in a little town called Bethlehem. That ultimate gift is 
experience the ultimate division so we may have unity in perpetuity. It's the re he's the hope that we can exist in one body in many parts. And, here's, and that would be great news, but that's not where the one gift stops. This one gift died, but he only stayed in the tomb for two days. He got up again. And I could stop there and it would be good news, but here's what the scripture tells me. He got up, but he went up. Check out Ephesians 4. He got up, but he went up. And the scripture says that he sent down gifts on men. So the reason that you got a, got a gift is because Jesus lived, he died, he was buried, he got up and went up, and he sent down gifts. And that is the access to the power. And Well, he opened up the access, but the way to have access to that power is the faith and the gift. Faith in Christ is the hope that those gifts will mature the body to full manhood and lead the world to know the truest gift of all, Jesus Christ. Unity's hard. Lean on a great gift today. When you say to yourself, man, I don't need that person right there, or it would be better if such and such wasn't here, lean on the gift. When you don't know how God is going to use you, lean on the gift. When there's too many differences that you can count and you don't know how it's all going to come together, lean on the gift. When that prophetic person in your life and you're an administrative person gives you another task and you're just like, bro, how are we going to do that? Lean on the gift. When that prophetic person says, we're going to get up this mountain and some of y'all may not make it, but you're going to enjoy being up there, lean on the gift. When you can't see that you need to pastor people well, Lean on the gift. To borrow the words of a song that only can be true in Christ, we are the world, we are the children, we are the ones to make the world a better place. So let's start giving our gifts because God has given us different gifts in unity. We must remember we are one body with many parts. Let's pray. Thanks for listening and God bless.